Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. Today is Thursday, June the 10th, 2021. And it's been a little while since we've gotten together to record. It has. A whole year almost of quarantine has gone by. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been following the directions and doing what we're supposed to as much as we can. And we finally both got our vaccination. Yes. Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah, we went, we went off and um, took the risk of getting in the same car for the first time in over a year. And we had, we had to go all the way to Danville. It's about 60 miles. 80. 80 miles. Yes. Uh, it was the first chance. It was really a little bit before our age group was um, called up. Uh, so we took the first opportunity, and we went down and got the first one, and a month later, we went back and got the second one. Absolutely. We didn't hesitate one bit, did yeah, we? We were grateful to do it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I hope everybody is safe and well. We still have a few people that are ill in this area, I think, that I happen to know personally. Uh, hopefully, they're getting better by now. And so we hope everybody out there is doing much better oh it's nice to be back isn't it yes it's, it's kind of like I've, I've actually been in restaurants a couple of times and we had a a book club meeting yes and what else have we done well just being in the stores and not having to wear the mask i mean that had become second nature oh yeah well i'm still wearing it in the big stores because a lot of people are Mm-hmm. In Patrick County. I think only 33% of people in Patrick County have been vaccinated. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of opportunities for it to happen. But, um, so I notice a lot of people still in the larger stores are still wearing them. So, yes. so I usually do too if they do. Well, precautions, nothing wrong with that. I just got back from, you know, a funeral up in West Virginia and, um, and we wore masks at, like say the funeral home or at the church during the funeral, but at outdoor gatherings and all, it was so nice to not. Well, and I really never felt uncomfortable outdoors anyway, particularly on this mountain because the wind blows here all the time. I know. Yes. <laughs> so I really, in fact, all through last year, I did have the shop open. Um, you know, when they let us have the non-essential businesses with restricted, um, you know, numbers of people in, and I just opened all the doors and windows. Oh yes. And had fans going. I didn't turn. I didn't even set up the air conditioners, and uh, it worked. We we were okay. Yes. You know, I figured, yeah, this mountain would just blow everything away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But do you know, there's also a side of me that learned to appreciate being maybe a little bit more solitary and oh, not yeah. jumping into the car and oh yeah, driving a million places. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I still do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I bought gas uh, almost a month ago and finally had to buy gas again. If it wasn't for Dad, I'd probably never have to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he needs stuff. Yes. 
yeah, yeah. Thinking about it before you do anything is really a good thing. But being able to actually do something is nice too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, well. For this podcast, we have something really exciting, I think, to okay. talk about. Well, let's see. Now, we uh, we usually do a little sweet, a little tart, and a little unexpected. And we got away from that, sort of, because we kind of flow into one thing or another. So, um, are, are you doing anything you want to talk about, or...? Oh, not not particularly yet. <laughs> you know, I I haven't. I've I've been taking a lot of pictures. That's oh, what gosh, I have, have been you doing. Ever. If yes. you'll pick out a couple that we can put on the website so people oh. can see. Okay, sure. You took some beautiful pictures at the shop today when you were working. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, and you took a wonderful picture of our friend's cat. Because um, we've been kind of babysitting. Yes. Yeah. Um, all five cats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw the one. I haven't mm. seen the others. <clears throat> yeah. So that would be fun. Yes. That's that's been a new adventure sort of for me. So. Yeah. You know what we forgot to do? Since it's been a whole year, we forgot to say our names. Oh, that's right. So hey. that you'll know which voice goes with which person. Because we may have picked up a couple of new people because we've been kind of talking up that we're going to do this. So I'm Leslie. And I'm Beth. Yeah. So now you know who which voice goes with which name. <laughs> so next time we'll do it, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so glad you remembered that, yeah, Leslie. Yeah, I'm like, oh, how am I going to know we are we? <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie is our crafty person. She's, I mean, she's our artistic person is really more the way. And usually when we start out, she has a treat for those of you who listen especially to find out perhaps a helpful hint or something new and innovative in the uh whatever you fiber call it world. fiber world yeah yeah well um so that's a little sweet and what um i've been doing recently a friend of mine and i purchased a addy king express knitting machine and for months, there wasn't one in this country. I guess it's because of lack of imports, because it comes from Germany. And um, also because everybody was stuck at home and they decided they wanted to do something different or new or exciting or or just it was time because they had been planning to get one someday. So I noticed uh, in my research, a lot of crocheters are getting um, these knitting machines. So you can make, what it is basically is you can make a flat piece of knitting or a round piece of knitting very quickly and the machine does it for you. And then you can crochet to that flat piece to add embellishments or edging or whatever. Uh, so it's a very versatile thing for a crocheter to um, invest in. It's not cheap. Uh, we did, there are a lot of less expensive uh, machines out there. I decided I'd rather get a good one rather than uh, struggle with one that might not be so good for the first one. Because <clears throat> I, I had one years and uh, several years ago. I bought it at a yard sale. It was a it was really a kid one, and um, one of the needles was broken. 
So I was managed to crank out a few things, but I got frustrated with it and got rid of it eventually. Um, and it was a small thing. So anyway, um, I'll put a picture of made two or three things. I made a sole. It took me about five hours, and it probably would take me fifty normally. Uh, but I had to crochet. I uh, had to knit the edging, so that took a little while. I made a hat, and it would have fit um, nobody. <laughs> but I'm kind of known for that. You mean it's really small or really big? It was really long and narrow <laughs> and weird. So I'm not sure anybody would have wanted it. And so now I've got a thing that might turn out to be a cowl or it might turn out to be a um, ear warmer. We'll find out. Uh, so it's like the, only my third um, try at this thing. But there are tons of YouTube videos on how to use it. Uh, and I definitely would recommend the workmanship of this thing. It is sweet. Uh, and it really is easy, easy to use. I could teach Beth. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not press our luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've already had one volunteer that said she'd come and, and use it, you know, um, when she retires. I said, well, we can work that out. <laughs> it's pretty big, actually. Yeah, it's pretty big. It made, uh, the sole I made was 13 inches wide. And, of course, you can make it as long as you want. Uh, it has this little gadget that you can attach to it to make a narrower piece of long. And then you can make a tube. Uh, you make a tube all day long. And uh, you can make it as long as you want to. And you could have a double knit scarf, say, if you wanted. Because that would suck up some yarn. So is... Is that common? Do people use knitting machines? Yeah, apparently... Um, I really hadn't thought about it. There's a thing called a flatbed knitting machine. I think that's kind of going out of style. Um, I haven't heard anybody mention to them lately. Um, the or the old style. The, there are new ones that are computerized, like the computerized quilting machines mm. that you can actually set it, I guess, to, to a pattern, and it will knit into the pattern that you want. But that's a flatbed. Right. So, and why would somebody want to do that? Do what? Have a computerized. Well, if you're if you're doing a production piece, or if you want to, um, Anna and uh, America used to have the flatbed knitting machines and they did sweaters they... and things. Okay. Yeah. See, what Anna was do is uh, she'd make the flat piece, if I understand right, and then she did a lot of embellishment. Right. Yeah. And she'd made those beautiful sweaters. Most of those are color work. I'm not sure if she did those on the knitting machine or not. Okay. I don't know a whole lot about those kinds. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, I can definitely recommend the Addy. Um, well, people that are in the uh, fiber world know about Addy as far as they make the most wonderful knitting needles. Mm. And um, but these this machine it it was very simple to set up. I just had to put legs on it. Everything else was done and it was ready to go. Well, Merry Christmas, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I've not really been doing much other knitting. I knitted all winter because to make things for the shop, 
And then so um, now, you know, we knit all winter and spin all winter and then um, sell all summer. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and you did a couple private classes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did that through the little homestead. We had a couple of knitting classes. That was so much fun. The people that um, came were terrific and uh, really uh, picked up fast. Uh, but both of them worked with their hands before, and that was helpful. So, um, so that was good. And um, I don't think I'm scheduled to do anything else like that anytime soon. But it's kind of hard to work it out and be at the shop. You had to work the shop the second one mm-hmm. because it cra- clashed with uh, Kristen's vacation. Well, and it's funny. With this whole pandemic, um it was going on and on and on. You know, at first it was like, well, maybe by the end of next month we'll mm, be back yep. in the office. And then we'll be. And then suddenly we realized it'll be months. Right. But then suddenly it was, you can take your mask off if you've been vaccinated. And yeah. suddenly it was very open. And so now, especially with me at work, People are saying, okay, when can they come, clubs start meeting again? Sure. When can tours resume right. on a regular basis? And um, it's just happened quickly. Well, you've got all your volunteers. You need to figure mm-hmm. out what. Yes. Oh, I do. On. I have yeah. a, I now have us open on Sunday afternoons. Awesome. Yes. Yep. So yes. Start that's Riddle's Homestead. Yeah. 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 Have a tour. And. You know, I mean, if people are vaccinated, it's so much easier just to, but I leave that up to the guides. You know, they they certainly can tell everyone to mask up if they're more comfortable with that. Well, that's what I've pretty much done at the shop here. Mm -hmm. You do what you're comfortable with to the employees. And um, that. Have. And so so far, so good. Yes. Yeah. Now, there are fewer and fewer people wearing masks when they come in. I don't think anybody did um, this weekend at all. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and we have a cousin getting married. I have a cousin getting married this weekend. That's yes. an exciting for poor Amy and her mother. I went by the Primitive Baptist Church and saw out in the yard the arch that's built. Yeah, well, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing the flowers. Mm-hmm. I think that will be lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, our local handyman built that yeah. for her. And, all right, well, let's see. So the uh, next thing we were going to talk about was a little tart, and that's all about history. It is our favorite subject. Yeah, yeah, we have been um, about, what was it, almost 10 years? We were just talking about how weird time is and how strange it is that it's been so long to do something. So about 10 years ago, a um, professor of Virginia Tech asked me to help her with a project she was doing uh, on Rock Castle Gorge. And the reason she helped me, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, the reason she asked me was because my ancestors, or my grandmother, came, um, was born in Rock Castle. 
And at the time, it was a community called Rock Castle. It wasn't really Rock Castle Gorge, even though it's a hole in the ground. And <laughs> with a, a road went down, and people were on either side of the road going straight down the mountain. So anyway, that was nine years ago. And uh, we, we finally got the project done. And, of course, in the meantime, other people picked up the idea of a fellow wrote a book about it. Mike Ryan wrote a great book about the area. And then, of course, um, Dr. Puckett published different things. And the Park Services uh, published different things. So there's an interest in Rock Castle now uh, that really didn't exist except for people hiking through and people hiking through had no idea what uh, all those houses were or anything about it. Uh, I had a cousin come in this weekend that said the first time they had ever hiked up from the uh, bottom and they came to the to a house sitting out there in the middle of nowhere and wanted to know the story behind it because they had never seen it before. Yes, I, well, it's 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 almost like one of those lost communities that go under a lake or something. Yeah, you yeah know? sort of that right, way. because the park service took over, and suddenly fields that were cleared are now deep, deep dark forests. Right, exactly. So, so in nineteen, so in eighteen thirty, eighteen thirty, basically, my ancestor um, moved into um, Rock Castle. Wow. And then in 1932, the Park Service came in and bought the property from his descendants. So it's basically a hundred years. Oh, a brigadoon, a real yeah, brigadoon. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and, and that fascinates me because it, it's like a picture of the local history that has a beginning and an end. You know, because Methodist Dan had a beginning, but we're still here, right? You know, uh, more or less, and uh, however it is. But but this, you know, it started and it stopped. By the time the Park Service came in, a lot of the people had left already. A, a lot of the younger generation, because there was no way to make a living. The, the land was worn out uh, because of the large families. The land had gotten chopped up. So it was difficult to make a living in uh, the uh, original ancestor. Uh, his property was split up among his three daughters. So there was like, and then um, eventually the uh, one, no, uh, yeah, it was split up between three children and eventually one son bought the other two out but then he split it up between his three daughters mm. and so it so it really kind of got chopped up and so it was really hard to make a living down there uh, so when the park service came in it was really kind of an okay thing with mm -hmm. most of the families there were probably a few that didn't really feel that they wanted to leave but well and you also had a depression going on yep. and the chestnut blight the chestnut bite. There were just so many things that hit. And another thing that happened, um, the main road, which is Route 8 now, did not come up that side of the mountain. It came up another side of the mountain. So that caused um, a, a drain because in the economy, because then you, it was so much harder to haul things out from that side of the mountain than it was to get on the state road. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of factors. 
So I guess about four years ago, um, this gentleman from a professor at Duke University found um, some intriguing um, information about Rock Castle. And so he made a film. Yes, he did. And it's called Rock Castle Home. And he started it, I guess, about four years ago um, because he interviewed he interviewed me hundreds of hours, <laughs> and I'm in there a little. Um, oh, you are a star. No, the star is Matt H Well, yes, he, oh, he was man. great. Uh, but uh, so anyway, kind of off the cuff, they um, uh, Charlie knew Matt Hubbard's grandson through music, and um, so they just got to talking and. Um, Charlie found out that Matt wanted to go back down there, so he took him and took a camera. And it was just like this this 93-year-old man at the time just became a narrative genius. He was wonderful. He was absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, he, he's with a cane, and they put him on this four-wheeler, and uh, he went around, and he talked about all the the life in the gorge, but he was magnificent. Yes. And I'm so glad they got him when they did. Yes. You know, but he's still doing great. He's 98 now or something like that. Yeah, because he was at the opening. They, um, I'll talk a bit. Yeah, Since I was did. in the audience, yeah, um, I got to go to the opening night of the film when it was released on Richmond uh, Public Television, Virginia uh, PBS, they also let them show to a very limited audience at the Floyd Country Store. And so I was very fortunate and got to go see the premiere. Yeah. And in the audience, of course, was this gentleman uh, in his 90s and Leslie and Beverly Belcher Woody, yeah. who also narrated, and yeah. a couple of the other uh, family members, the descendants. Sure. And it was just such a great production with the music. Yep. And it was about an hour long. Right about, yeah. Yes, yeah, and yeah. the research, and it was interesting from start to finish. Yep, it really was. It was, uh, but Matt sold the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He really did. Yes. Uh, uh, when I was watching it, I thought about the dignity of him, of yes. that man. Uh, he's in overalls. Yes. And I guess a, um, a flannel shirt, mm -hmm. you know, because old people get cold. And um, I can't remember if he was wearing a cap or not, but. Um, there's so many cliches about mountain people and uh, some people kind of were thought, well, you know, maybe they might make fun of us, you mm. know, not Charlie, but you know, maybe the, and Charlie is Dr. Thompson. Yeah. Dr. Case, Thompson. Right. Yeah. The, the Duke professor. Right. Who is very much a Charlie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tell. And he does have ties. He was born in Franklin County and he definitely has ties to the area. Mm -hmm. they, he had a great deal of respect in his treatment absolutely. of the subject. But I think really anybody that could look at Mr. Hubbard and, um, 
and see the dignity that just radiated from him. Oh, yes, and intelligence. Yeah, and, absolutely. Woo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love the fact that this man in his 90s wanted one more time to go back and sit on the fallen down old chestnut yeah. log where he would sit when he got sent to the spring and which was probably a bit of a hike and he yeah. would take a rest on yeah. and he wanted to find that log which oh, yeah. was still there yeah and when i i interviewed him even before uh dr thompson did um, we we had talked to him, and that was one of his subjects. It was that that log, mm. and how tall it was. You know, I think it had had. Of course, he was a little boy, and it was probably as tall as a eight year old. You know, as how thick right. the trunk was when it fell, and of course, it, it wasn't quite that big when time he got to it again but it was really a fascinating story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so rock castle home and uh it will be on uh pbs uh blue ridge television at some point and it will also be on the north carolina but i feel like it will probably get picked up by other oh um, i have networks. no doubt i yeah. have no doubt that it'll be picked up and shown yeah because yeah, it, it is quite a um uh, well done documentary mm -hmm. and then uh, he said it would be available eventually for live stream or for the streaming mm -hmm. i'm not sure how or where but there is a trailer and i'll put a link mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. um, well i think he even said that blue ridge which is the public television that uh, most people in our area, we happen to have to watch the UNC, yeah, the yeah, North right, Carolina yeah. one, <laughs> yeah. but I think he thought that they would both be airing it sometime towards the end of July, Yeah, and yeah. then it would be available to be picked up in October by other PBS Yeah, Yeah, I remember said eventually so. it would be somewhere online so that people right. can just watch it yes it's, a, it's not a money-making thing for dr thompson right, right. Uh, i think his mother and father uh finance some of it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm not sure exactly how that all works and maybe mm. they got some grants but it's not something that he's going to sell right. and make lots of money on it's, uh, it's a documentary of love yes <laughs> oh my and we are so fortunate absolutely so, and something flashed through my mind, and it flashed well, right back out well, again. Well, one, <laughs> one reason I, I think it'll be picked up nationally is not just because it's a fascinating story of right. this Brigadoon Lost Village of a hundred years, but um, that when it was taken over by the Park Service in the 1930s, it had a very large CCC, a Civilian Conservation mm -hmm. Corps camp, yeah. in right at the base of it. And so there's a big interest in that now, almost a yeah. revival yeah. Um, in things from the Depression yeah. and and all those works projects. And yeah. um, so, I mean, I think that's another reason nationally that it'll be picked for up. For sure. Well, and it was a, um, you know, for this area, we have a friend that calls this area backwater because uh, further west of here, 
was where the Great Wagon Road came through. And so Hillsville was basically a frontier town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shoot them up and the whole thing. Right. So Medicine Dan is, was kind of like, we got here, and then for about 100 years, Medicine Dan, Rock Castle, and all this area, we got here, and nobody found us for a really long time. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, when we did the report uh, for the Park Service. Um, there's a map showing how the escarpment is, and how people had to go up either side because they couldn't go straight up. Mm-hmm. And so Rock Castle Gorge was one of the sides, and then the, on the other side, people kind of came in from the from the the top. And um, so anyway. The Dan, the Danville uh, Dam project was right. really the first time we saw anybody from away. I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't that isolated that there was nobody came through here, but uh, for anybody to actually come and stay, mm-hmm. it was the Danville project and the park and the parkway mm-hmm. was when people from away came, and it really changed the whole. Um, Center of the communities, uh, you know, different people came in with different ideas. Better roads came in. Um, people were already realizing that, um, and they weren't isolated. They knew there there were coal mines in West Virginia and factories and um, textile mills out east and whatever. They weren't so totally um, isolated that they didn't know that. But I think a lot of this incoming made it, them realize they could also outgo. Right. And a lot of the younger ge- generations did head out into um, the factories and the coal mines. Well, and they'd meet people from New York with oh, different yeah. accents well, or St. Louis yeah. or, you know, these exciting sounding places. Yeah, and well, the the people from the, the men from the CC camp, I think mostly were from New York and New Jersey, if I remember right from the, um, um, the census that I saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a whole other world. And I'm sure it's a whole other world to them mm-hmm. coming down here. Now, the, the CCC people did not build the parkway. Right. Uh, they just did the landscaping and uh, the trails and things like that. The, park, the parkway was actually built by construction companies. Right. But and that is kind of a common misconception. Mm-hmm. It was a Depression-era project. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they did work at Ferrystone State Park, oh, yeah. right, yeah. in helping to put some more structures up there. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the the cabins. Some people say the cabins, and I don't know this for sure, but some people say some of the cabins from the CCC camp wound up at that Rocky Knob cabins. I don't oh. know that that's true or not. Hmm. Because all the pictures that I've seen of the CCC camp looks like mostly tents. Right. And temporary type housing. Oh, and I love some of the stories um, that were in the movie also. I think it was in the movie. Now I get confused since they interviewed you all at, <laughs> at the premiere where he talked about going down in the CCC camp uh, cooks would feed the little boys from oh, yeah. up on uh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if that was in the movie or not, but Mr. Hubbard said he would uh, slip in there and they they would feed him. And then the boss would come through and say, get out of here. Because, you know, he's a little boy and there's all these rough men. And, right. You know, and so he said he'd just go far enough away to wait for the uh, the uh, boss to get gone and he'd come on back and finish his meal. <laughs> uh, one of our um, cousins that we interviewed talked about going um, to see the movies that they had on Friday night to entertain the, the men. And I said something to her. I forget exactly what did you eat there or whatever. And she said, I was a little girl. I couldn't be around those men, uh-huh. you know, by herself. Mm-hmm. That was just not appropriate. Right. Not that they could probably do anything to her, but it just wasn't an appropriate thing. Mm-hmm. So they, she went to the movies with her parents. Right. And like uh, Mr. Hubbard, she didn't slip in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. One thing I liked about the way um, Mr. Tom, or Dr. Thompson did, he interviewed all of us about the same story. And then he had Beverly tell it a little bit, and he had Matt tell it a little bit, and he had me tell it a little bit, back and forth. Very nicely done. Yeah, he did a really, I think he probably may have done that more than once, I can't mm-hmm. remember, but mm-hmm. so it was really interesting. All right, so what else have we got? Well, my goodness, (laughs) the fact that Leslie is famous now. No, not hardly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my brother's on it, too. You know, they they had to get him in. Yeah, Sammy Sheeler. Yeah, talking about the music. Mm -hmm. And um, music was a big thing. Well, always been a big thing in this region. And um, his take, Sammy's take on, uh, he's really studied i mean he, he looks like he's just a banjo player but um a bluegrass banjo player but he's really studied the um his art and so when he talks about it it's really interesting because of all the influences that he recognizes uh particularly african-american mm-hmm. um influences on the because people were coming from the east and from the south and from the north and they all kind of mesh into this area and brought all their cultures. That's right. In. And so, um, and we don't know a lot about slavery in the gorge. Um, I'm pretty sure there was no slave, there, uh, none of the up, up top people owned slaves because they just were poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had such uh, small blocks of land. So it wasn't plantation right. type environment. In the bottom section, there were a lot of orchards. And some of the people that owned property in the gorge also did own slaves. But whether they were in the gorge or not, we don't know because those same people also owned property well outside. Mm-hmm. They owned large tracts of land. Like D-Hearts. The D- and, yeah, mm-hmm. D-Hearts, Dillons, and... Mm-hmm. And uh, so we don't know for sure what the um, that part of the story is. We hope to find out. Also don't know much about the uh, Native American, but they did bring out some things in the um, film about um, the possibilities of Native American use in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know only two stories about Native Americans that pertain to either Medicine Dan and... Um, 
the gorge. Just two. And we make stories about everything. Right. So I feel like if there'd been more interaction, that something would have been passed down. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and it was probably hundreds of years before and they had moved on by yeah, 1830. Yeah, or this was a hunting ground or. Right, passing you know, through. Yeah, because there is, you know, there are artifacts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. That do come up. And so I, I really just don't, I, um, you know, there, there's kind of like a whisper mm. of uh, possibility of uh, Native American in here, but it doesn't, uh, but there's nothing definite about interaction, at least. Well, we need to walk the gorge again. I have yes. walked it with you from about the five-mile loop. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to call that. Yeah. I, that's my favorite. It's yeah. actually 11.5, something like yeah, that, the whole, miles. the whole Rock Castle Trail. I have friends trail. who run it. Well, I, I, I've done it when I was a lot younger oh. because you, you go down and you have to come back up. But Ka and Kathleen and I went down uh, part of the way uh, to where the trail crosses and we came back up and it wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. But that was the road. Uh, one thing to think about when Rock Castle and one story that I like to tell that illustrates it, it's you had people... If you lived in where my grandpa lived, or my great-grandfather lived, you had people above you. Uh, you had people below you, and you had people above you. And it, it, it's kind of an unusual way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And down at the bottom, uh, it was the same story. There's, it's flatter down at the bottom, but then it goes up. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a story where this lady told me that when uh, her grandmother was a little girl, she was at the creek washing um, wool to, for, um, from the sheep. And so it would have been around, I kind of checked it out, it would have been around 1907. And she said, all of a sudden, the ground started shaking. And, you know, everything was trembling and things were tumbling down. And um, uh, the uh, people up in one side of the gorge, a bunch of women apparently were there by themselves. They started hollering that the world was coming to an end. Oh, well, they never experienced anything like this. And another man on the other side of the gorge, and you know how wide that is. Yes. It's over a quarter of a mile. Yes. He came out on his porch. He said, oh, it's just an earthquake. Y'all settle down. <laughs> but to think that they could, and this, this conversation is going over the heads of these children who right. were down in the bottom and uh, how far away they were from each other. Wow, the echo component or the well, acoustics. Or, the... Yeah, or the fact that it was so quiet in the world back then. Well, that's a good point. You know, there was no background noise at all. Right. And it was cleared yeah. for the most part. Yeah, it was part. cleared. There wasn't anything to catch the, yeah, there were fields. That was the most surprising thing to me in the movie was seeing the pictures of the cleared gorge. Yeah. I had never seen that before. Yeah, yeah it was it was just um, yeah. you know, there are some pictures, the family pictures that show uh, the orchards. 
mm-hmm. down at the bottom, but they're well away from the house. Mm-hmm. Well, I do need to. I have walked all of it except yeah. for the part from the CCC Camp Road up to the steepest part. Yeah. I have yeah. not done and yeah. everything else yeah, that, that's a from the campground around the other way but not at one time right so yeah. we anyway we encourage all you listeners out there to think about uh setting as a destination vacation to come to um the National Park, the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is indeed a national park. Absolutely. And uh, there's lots of marvelous places to stay and, and people to see where, um, well, Mother's of Dan is within a mile of Mabry Mill, which is the most photographed um, park um, building or whatever they call attraction uh, in the world. I've seen it. Uh, all over the world. Yes, on calendars, on, on postcards. Calendars, on postcards, on uh, <laughs> Maybe Vermont mile. written on it. <laughs> right, right. But it's just a mile up the road here. It's a mile up the uh, road yes. from here. Yes, but uh, to come and, and do Rock Castle Gorge. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, if you, if you like to hike and you like wildflowers and, oh, I mean, yes. the flora and the fauna, we do have bears. And, oh, yeah. Um, you never know what you'll see. Yeah, lots of um, people are seeing coyotes, and people are seeing lots of foxes lately. Oh, in the in the area, fox the fox are making a comeback, and so are rabbits. Oh, rabbits this year! I love it. There were no rabbits when I was growing up in this area. I hadn't seen rabbits here. Uh, you know, I've lived here twenty years now, and it's really just in the last couple years. In the last few years, we're yes. seeing rabbits. And I mean, I had just come in here. I had two or three run across the road oh, yeah, in front of me. Yeah, they're down yes. on Concord Road for sure. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, the um, there's been a lot more um, deer, of course, there everywhere. But the bears, I mean, yeah. a lot. My my friend, my uh, my good friend, at his home, there's a mother bear with her three babes, and one of them is just an ornery little fella. So. <laughs> uh, um, Bob has called him Trouble, trouble. and Trouble comes right up on the deck, so he's had to put an electric fence around the oh deck, my so <laughs> yeah, keep Trouble that. off, yes. Yeah, well, our, um, or my friend Amy, or my cousin Amy, um, had company a couple of weeks ago, and one of the, her house is tiny, and so one of the uh, nieces decided to stay out on the porch. And about 2 a.m., Amy's sister woke her up and said, Jamie's yelling. And so they go stumbling down. It's also a hot house, so they uh, were wearing the barest minimum that they could to uh, and still be somewhat decent, you know, because they live sleeping in the same room. Uh, they come tumbling down the uh, steep steps and go out there, and there are four bears on the uh, porch with Jamie. <laughs> No. No, you didn't know about that? I hadn't heard that. Oh, so I no. bet it was Mama and the three no, bears. No, it was four, young, four. four youngsters. So it yes. was probably Mama's last crew of babies right. that she'd run off. Oh. Because they were four. They said they looked like they were about two-year-olds. They got a mm-hmm. good look. Yes. <laughs> and uh, one of them went up a tree. Yes. And the others took off. But somebody had left a bag of food trash. Mm-hmm. 
on the porch, and uh, you cannot do that. No, you cannot. I, t- I take all the bird feeders in at Dad's mm-hmm. just oh, in yes. case every night. Oh, yes. Uh, and um, just to keep uh, it, him from getting scared by some right. kind of varmint. And well, then the next day, my other cousin, Jane, came in wanting to know could she put stuff in my dumpster because a bear had torn the porch door down. At their house, just above Amy's. Oh, yes. Up around the, on the bed. Right. Well, and of course, my friend yeah, I'm he's talking right about, the he's there just too. right across the ridge. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, and the issue there is he has blueberry plants and apple oh, yeah. trees. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, you know, bears love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and right now, they're probably, young ones are probably hungry. Because mm-hmm. they don't know, it's before blackberries. And they don't really know exactly what to do maybe so they're getting into trouble and, <laughs> and somebody told me they're uh, they'd seen there'd been other incidents where they've been coming I've, close to houses i've got my little air horn that i i sing, I sing too i <laughs> i do i am i think well you sing beautifully uh, i sing so bad no, that well, they would it, take off running to make a noise and i usually have the dog with me but years ago, I was um, walking up. I had been walking with a friend, and we had talked, of course, all the way down and all the way back. And I was coming back up toward the house alone. I had this big Labrador that belonged to my partner. And uh, we were just walk- never even thought about making a noise. And we walked up, and this young bear, who's probably about two years old, just appeared in front of us in the road. <laughs> he wasn't 10 feet away. And I had time enough to think, should I try to hold the dog or should I let him go? And the dog had time to think, oh, oh, and it was gone. Oh, my. You know, it was that fast. It just vanished into the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're scared of us. I, I, I've not known them to be aggressive. But on the other hand, well, if people feed them or whatever, yeah, they get dependent. And if they get trapped or whatever but you know this dog was so strong oh yes i wasn't sure if i could hold him if he did go after it and um so i was trying to think would i be safer to turn him loose or try to hold him because i didn't be aggravated the bear at my yes you know all these things go through your head in 30 seconds well that happened to me with my dog and a coyote same thing yeah but my dog my big brave australian cattle dog that are you know can be very sharp and you know i mean they they certainly because they go have you know big old cows right yeah oh that dog just leaned against my leg so hard (laughs) that coyote was it was a big yeah yeah very ancient coyote that looked us in the eye (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right hi are we ready to wrap it up i think so thank you all so much for listening to us as we ramble on about life in meadows of dan virginia and hopefully we will get back into the routine of doing this about every two weeks yes yeah and i should be able to put this up tomorrow so all right our show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com we also have a facebook page called quincepodcast.com we uh, are on some other places but i need to check and see if we still really are because um we've been kind of ghosted for 
about a while. So, but I will check. But we are out there. Just look for Quinn's podcast or Beth and Leslie, uh, Beth Almond and Leslie Sheeler. And you'll find us somewhere. All right. Good night. Bye bye.